Hello and a big warm welcome to you and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and I'm still doing this little mini series based on my latest best-selling book called I'm Here and I'm Listening, which is for parents and carers and grandparents, anyone who wants to understand children of one to eight more, as well as understand themselves more. And actually, it's also relevant for older children too. So the reason why I wanted to share more is because, well, I love this book and I'd love to talk about it more with you, but also because if you listened to the last episode, you would know this, that some of the elements of the book that I really, really love the most are actually the stories from the children. I really, really love the opportunity to really see things from a child's perspective to really see things through the eyes of a child. And today, as you will see from the title, I would love to talk about the story where a child is at the park and they think their dad is wanting to go and actually something really wonderful happens between the two of them. And I really love this one and I feel touched every time I read it and... (laughs) Again, it required pretty much no editing. It just came through as it was. And I just want to send you so much love. I imagine you might have experienced, I remember many times when my children were younger, that they are at the park, we're all at the park, and they're having a lovely, lovely, lovely time. They just did not want to leave. And I felt tired or hungry or stressed, I had something else that I was really wanting to get to. And I do remember many times feeling frustrated, powerless, and just really basically wanting them to leave because my needs were becoming really urgent. So if you experience that, if you've ever experienced that, I know it's pretty common for many parents too, I am sending you so much love and compassion. And also what I want to say is, you know, in older parenting styles, well, let's not say older because I think so much of aware parenting is really ancient, but let's say non-attachment style parenting styles, non-trauma-informed parenting styles would have often, and many of us would have experienced things like that, when parents wanted to go and the child didn't, they would just say bye then, I'm going, and just wave and leave. And of course, the child's attachment needs being, of course, so strong, particularly the younger they are, this terrible conflict between their own in desire to be having fun and playing and to be doing what they really want to be doing, really being risked or threatened with them being in great danger, their attachment figure, leaving them alone. And I just think that's so painful, isn't it? So painful for parents. And if you've ever done that, I'm sending you lots of love. I know when we feel that powerless, of course, that's times when we can flip into power over, when we cannot think of any way to get our needs met. And particularly when we are our needs are really urgent like we are really we're really hungry or we're really tired or we're really stressed and we've got these urgent needs 
it's so common for us to flip into using power over strategies and don't like the word strategies ways so although strategies actually does fit with power over so there you go so I'm sending you love if you've ever done that I'm also sending you love if you have memories of that happening to you as a child and I wonder if you want to very lovingly and ideally with some loving inner or outer loving support listening to how that was for you and you may have seen other parents do it and perhaps been upset, uh, powerless, all kinds of feelings observing that happen. What I love about aware parenting is the more we remember to have these different ways of thinking about children, to be connecting in with, ah, what am I needing? What are they needing? How can we both get our needs met? I know in aware parenting, it's so often easy kind of to flip into thinking, oh, I'll just move into loving limits. But really remembering, I like to think of the the aspects of aware parenting that we're going through this list. The first thing always is attachment style parenting. So attunement. The second aspect is non-punitive discipline, which is really looking at what's really going on underneath the behavior. What is the true cause of the behavior? Addressing that. So really, first of all, looking at, okay, what am I needing? What are they needing? How can we both get our needs met here? And really finding ways to elicit cooperation rather than to threaten loss of attachment or move into power over threats, rewards, all of those kinds of things, which again, so much compassion for all of us and any time you might have been tempted to do that or have done that. And really remembering that attachment play is a miracle worker at times like that. Really, attachment play can work magic, particularly if you think about it, if a child is enjoying being at the park, they're enjoying playing, that if we move in in a way that also meets that need for play, but also meets our needs too, that can be wonderful. And if you know my work, you know I really like to talk a lot about the effects of living in the disconnected domination culture and really from what we understand of our hunter-gatherer ancestors that children would have had a lot 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 of time the majority of their time in play because play is the way that they understand about their world and learn to become a a member of it so there would have been a lot of playing like playing to learn about the things that are needed in that culture so play is such an innate need it's such an enormous need for children and in the DDC I think we really don't value play because of course the DDC is all about well post-industrial revolution and now the the, the post-post that which is really about seriousness and nine to five and training people to work in factories and getting things done and perfectionism and not very much about being playful and having fun and all of those things and yet such an innate need in us so attachment play what can we do well in the story from the child's perspective I share a game that the dad comes up with and what I love about the story is really looking at it from the child's perspective which I think 
we cannot do that too much. The more we're able to look at the child's perspective, as well as our own perspective, our own needs, honouring our own needs, what's going on for us. But it can be so easy to see things through our own eyes and forget what a child might be feeling and thinking and needing and what a child might be concluding about themselves and about our love for them, our relationship with them. So putting ourselves in their shoes, I think, is so incredibly helpful. So attach and play is amazing for inviting children to cooperate because the more we join into their world and connect with them and get down to their level and make things fun and show them that we care about them, we care that they're having fun, we care that they don't want to leave, we see meaning and purpose and value in their play we understand that they're doing really important things when they're playing that play is really important the more we can remember that and join in with attachment play with nonsense play with power reversal games with all the beautiful elements of it which uh, there's a whole chapter on attachment play in the book lots and lots of ideas all the way through the book as well for games the more likely it is that they are going to be willing to cooperate. So I'd love to invite you to listen to the story. And what I'd love to do is do all the more requesty things first so that you really end up with that story. And oh, I've got snoring doggy noises as well. <laughs> it must be the Aware Parenting Podcast because <laughs> there's snoring dog noises. So... I would like to say one other thing. Sometimes we do all the things and we give information and we do play and our child really isn't willing to leave. And there might be times when we might use our power over them. And if they're, so if they're younger, we might pick them up and carry them and they might have a lot of big feelings about that. And I really want to remind you, if we're in a situation where something's urgent or we've done all the things and they're just not willing to cooperate or we are in a position where we are likely to start doing things that we're really going to regret to our child, then at times of that, yeah, picking them up and carrying them might be the option. But what I really want to remind you is it's so important for them to express all their rage, all their frustration, all their powerlessness, and ideally at the time, but of course afterwards too, that they can heal from that. And to also give information. So again, that would be a form of a loving limit. Although it might not necessarily be actually, it might be a limit because they might not have feelings that are causing their behavior. They might just have a need to play. So actually it might not necessarily be a loving limit. It might just be a limit, which is still loving. And again, I talk about that in the book, the difference between the two of those. But if we do do that, basically, to give them information, and that might be, I'm going to, something like, I'm going to pick you up now because, whatever it might be, we're going to be late for whatever it is, or we're going to miss the train or the plane if we don't go now, or I'm really hungry and I'm concerned that I might do something that I really don't want to do if we don't go now, so I'm going to pick you up. And I'm really sad that I'm doing that because I don't ever want to, again, you can use your own words, I would say power over, I don't want to power over you. And 
I don't know what else to do right now, so I'm going to pick you up and I'm here and listening to all your feelings. And of course you feel outraged, of course you feel frustrated. I'm here to listen. And if we've got big feelings ourselves, we might not say it in such a long form or in an articulate way, but just remembering if we can give some information like that, if we can say we understand, if we can say, of course, they feel that way, and we can listen in some way, shape or form, it's going to make it much less unenjoyable, let's say. So I'm going to share this story from the child next, and that's going to be the last thing. So I want to say before that, all the things about the book, if you haven't bought it or ordered it in for your library and you would like to do that I would be so grateful if you would if you share things on social media and you feel called to and are willing to share it on there I would so appreciate that and love it if you tag me if you have bought it and are wanting and willing to write a review on Amazon I would really appreciate that too I would so love anything that you might feel called to do to spread share news about this book so that more and more and more and more and more and more and more parents can have deeply compassionate ways of understanding their child or children and themselves and practical and tangible ideas for how they can respond in all the different challenging situations that parenting often brings so Next is the story. I'm sending love if you have any feelings in relation to it. And as I say many, many, many times throughout the book, if you're picking up any guilt sticks in relation to things that you might have said or done to your child or children in relation to leaving the park, I'm going to invite you to put those sticks down. You punishing yourself with guilt or shame is not going to help them. It's not going to help you. It only helps the DDC. So, so much love to you. Uh, Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Daddy, I do really know that you want me to leave the park, but I just want to stay. School was so hard for me today. I hate sitting still for so long and Mrs Preston is so boring. My hand hurts from holding a pen and my eyes hurt from reading so much stuff and my legs are all antsy from that stupid chair. I just want to run around and I feel so free when I swing really high on the swing and climb to the very highest part of all the climbing things and when I run and run as fast as I can. I get less tense, like I'm a dolphin getting free from a net. I want to shout and jump and twirl around. I can tell you want to go. You always get your phone out and your eyes get all scrunched and your mouth changes shape and I just know you're going to tell me to leave. Ah! But Dad, what's going on? You're looking up from your phone and putting it in your pocket. Your mouth is turning into a big smile and you're running towards me with your arms open. Let's fly around this park like flying manta rays, you say to me. Have you replaced my dad with a robot? What's going on? I join in, a bit unsure at first at how this is going to go, but you stay smiling and you're pretending to be a manta ray and you don't even seem to care that the other parents are looking at you. My heart warms up. You must have been listening to me last night when I told you how much I like sea creatures 
and how trapped I feel at school. I join in, becoming the biggest and most free manta ray that ever existed. I swim faster than you and you follow me all around the park. We swim and fly under the swing set and over the play train and I feel giddy with joy. I become a dolphin and you do too and we jump and dive and smile big smiles together. My heart is defrosting and my legs are like fins. You sweep me up and tell me how much you love me and I just can't stop smiling. It's as if we've been here together for hours. Eventually you tell me that the dolphins are swimming home for dinner and we swoosh to the car making squeaky dolphin noises. I jump into my seat with a big dolphin move and you do too. All the way home we make up silly songs about sea creatures. I love you dad. I feel so happy and relaxed. Gosh, I'm hungry. What's for dinner? I'm glad we're going home. <laughs>